Greetings. Welcome to St. Dominic's Weekly. Delighted to have Father Stephen Marie Lopez join us on this week's show. Father Stephen is the vocation director for the Western Dominican province. He's also accompanied myself on our Footsteps of St. Dominic pilgrimage that have just uh, returned from this past month. And on the show today, he's going to tell a little bit about his own story and vocation, how he in turn is helping to cultivate and inspire vocations, and a little bit about how we might in our own life discern God's will, either the vocation that we're called to or in the day-to-day way of being connected to the Lord's will in our lives. So whether you're on the go or taking it slow, many blessings as you enjoy the show. Greetings and welcome to St. Dominic's Weekly. Uh, This week we have a very special treat for you. I'm sitting here with our vocation director for the Western Dominican province, dedicated to the most holy name of Jesus, Father Stephen Marie Lopez. Welcome, Father Stephen. Great to be here, Father. Very good. So today I wanted to perhaps take advantage of you being able to, and thanks once again for your time, vocation director. You are literally traveling the world and and beating the bushes uh, in order to uh, discern, help others discern a vocation in a particular way, the Dominican vocation. So it's it's great to be able to catch you in a moment and to perhaps, uh, since I have you here and your job as vocation director, maybe talk a little bit about uh, vocations in general, what a Dominican vocation is, perhaps some of the trends you see in the church, and then for, in a very particular way, where you see the Western Dominican province going as the young men we've been getting these last few years have been tremendous. But before we get to that, just a little bit about yourself. Obviously, we were students together, but for right. folks uh, who don't know you, just a little bit about uh, your own vocation and who you are. You're, you're, you're from uh, the Western United States? Yeah, very good. So I grew up in San Diego, California, and I entered the order in 2002. And uh, I came to the order. Uh, my my family is originally from the Philippines, and so having that deep uh, re- religiosity of the of the Philippines and and bringing that, uh, I think, was a real um, a real gift for setting the stage for for opening my heart to the possibility of a religious and a priestly vocation. Um, I didn't plan to be a priest at oh, all. Really? And so, you know, I thought I was going to get married and, yep. and have a family. And seeing that own gift in my own family, uh, that's what I wanted. And I realized uh, after a while that, you know, the Lord placed that desire in my heart, but uh, that I was going to be a father and a spouse, but just a different kind you know, through priesthood and religious life. Nice. And did, what what was your family's reaction to You said you were surprised. Were they surprised as well or what was their reaction no not at all so when i uh, took the opportunity to sit down with my parents and and told them that i i felt that god was calling me to be a priesthood they said oh yeah we know oh (laughs) (laughs) that's a good confirmation yeah so um but you know my my parents are very good and they didn't want me to feel pressured in any Mm. way and so they said we wanted it to really come from you and your your prayer life and your conversation with the Lord, but for a long time, they had thought that I might have a call to priesthood. Oh, really? And did you know that, or is it only on having this conversation that you kind of were, became aware of that? They dropped hints okay. here and there, <laughs> but um, were very good about, they didn't want me to feel pressured in any way, so uh, they wanted me to come to that realization myself. Nice. And you have siblings. I do. So yeah. I have a sister, she's married, and she has three kids, and then uh, I have a brother as well. Nice. And what was their reaction? Were, were they typically... Again, uh, you know, my, my family and, and my friends, um, they saw it coming. Yeah, they actually. saw it coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't really a surprise to anyone, and everyone was very supportive and said, you know, if this is really where the Lord is calling you and you're happy, then we're happy for you. 
Sure. Now, and when it comes to priesthood, maybe just to clarify for, for folks who are not aware, there is a priesthood in general. That is, in normally, most priests are connected to a diocese, a region of the world. But the Dominicans, of course, are interregional, and it's specifically religious life. For yourself, was it Dominican priesthood, or was it just priesthood in general, or how did how did you connect with the Dominicans in a specific way? Did you, did you know that it was Dominican or nothing, or, or how did that work? No, I mean, I, I definitely I think the first thing was a call to priesthood, because mm-hmm. that was very much what I had been exposed to. Um, I always grew up in diocesan parishes, and so that's what I knew. Um, and then the call to religious life was... Um, just through different experiences that I had. One in particular was volunteering with the Missionaries of Charity mm-hmm. in, uh, in Tijuana, Mexico. Oh, wow. And when, was that, that was before you had actually entered or applied to the Dominicans? Yeah, so I was doing that. I was working as an accountant, but um, you know, I would often spend uh, one weekend or two uh, volunteering with the Missionaries of Charity, and they have both fathers and sisters. So mm. I would stay with the fathers, and so um, it was a house of formation. So I, I got to meet other young men who were also a discerning a call to religious life and priesthood. And what about that experience made you think deeper about your own vocation, do you think? You know, um, just being with them and the opportunity to pray with them and to experience their community life and then to do ministry with them as well, um, there was a real peace in my heart. And I said, okay, maybe the Lord is calling me to this way of life. Nice. So the experience of, of ministry and community kind of got awakened in you that sense. Absolutely. Of and then, you know, Mother Teresa always uh, emphasized the importance of prayer mm-hmm. and Eucharistic adoration, and that really bore a lot of fruit in, in, in my discernment. Nice. So, so why aren't you a missionary charity priest? <laughs> that's right. No, that's a good question. So, um, so I thought I was... Which I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> Let me cl- clarify. Father Steve and I know each other well, so I'm kind of... <laughs> yeah, so I, really I, I, to this day, you know, I, I have a, a deep love for, um, for Mother and, and, and the communities which she founded, mm-hmm. and I'm still very much involved with them. Uh, but I just discerned that that really wasn't... It was in my heart that that's not where the Lord was calling me. And mm-hmm. so I kind of went the opposite way. Mm-hmm. And my spiritual director at the time was a Benedictine monk. And so I was exploring monastic life as well. And so um, I ha- when I was looking at, at, at the Benedictine life and visiting them for the Easter Triduum, I met a Dominican friar. And we just really hit it off. And he said, you know, you seem that you might have a call to Dominican life. And now, in retrospect, I see that because... Um, our Dominican life is at the same time um, contemplative and missionary, mm. apostolic. So kind of blending of both, the, exactly. the Benedictine world and perhaps the direct ministerial kind of apostolate of like a missionary charity group. Right. We have a con- contextion. And what was, it, when you were kind of, were you, when you applied, did you know this was it right away or what, was it kind of unfolding or how, how did that, how did your own formation process kind of uh, unfold for you? So I came up to visit uh, St. Albert's Priory, our house of studies in Oakland, and uh, no, it was immediate. Okay. I, I knew right away, um, meeting the brothers in formation, I, I just felt an immediate connection with the way of life, and, and these were men who, who loved the church, loved the Lord, loved Our Lady, and um, men who had a similar vision and, and hopes for, for the church and for their vocation. Nice. And then you were ordained when? I was ordained in 2010. Okay, now, well, so ooh, we're coming up on... And anniversaries in a couple right. of years. <laughs> Silver. That's right. <laughs> no, um, and perhaps to kind of uh, pivot then to your current ministry, you certainly have worked in, in uh, apostolic ministries, but, right. you, but your 
particular ministry now, vocation director. What is that, and 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 what do you find yourself doing uh, in this ministry? Right. So after five years of doing parish ministry, I was blessed to have as my first assignment Saint Dominic's yep. uh, in in San Francisco, and then two and a half years after that, uh, went to serve at our parish and our Dominican community in Portland, and then. In 2015, I was appointed by our chapter to serve as director of vocations. And so um, it's a very unique ministry and one that I feel very blessed to do. And so it's basically promoting Dominican vocations and working with young men who feel they might be called to serve the Lord as priests and religious in the Dominican order. Nice. Do you ever feel, I, I know for myself, I might feel pressure to like, you're the vocation guy. So so like the number of men enter who enter are totally up to you do you ever feel that pressure or what or, 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 yeah certainly or, there's yeah. a little bit of, of pressure in the position uh, in this ministry but yeah. um, every day I just you know go before the Lord and say Lord you know this is this is up to you this is your work and so use me as an instrument to um, to help these men discern where you want them to be where, where they're going to be happy and holy yeah and, and one thing I've really appreciated uh, that you have done and made me aware of and not that I didn't know but I think you're particularly good at this is energizing at least uh, myself and, and others to say you aren't the vocation director in the sense of it's your catalytic and creating vocations that's right you're coordinating <laughs> a place to send folks who are interested so each one of our houses and priories and men are if you will directors of vocation that is exactly. hopefully encouraging and sparking and making people aware that hey, this way of life is there. And I, I remember you said something once when you uh, came, and you may or may not even remember this. You said something like, you know, you're going to give a talk, and you said, and there's nothing that I could say about Dominican life that if the friars you know well aren't living mm. is going to change your mind. It was, it, that, at least, I don't know if that your That's exact right. words, but that, that was kind of the, the thought. And I thought that was really insightful to say. I mean, the, the, what, what hopefully we're doing here at St. Dominic's, myself, Father Isaiah, Father Augustine, if, and the whole community, if we're not living a life which is joyful, mm -hmm. prayerful, attractive to those to whom God calls, there's nothing that a vocation director is going to come and, you know, when he makes the rounds, you know, <laughs> once or twice a year, Amen. that's yeah. going to somehow spark, oh, I think I have vocation, exactly. if it's not cultivated by the actual living of the life and the witnessing of the life. Right, right. I mean, we can do all kinds of marketing, you know. Yeah. Um, to a attract vocations, but what really, what ultimately attracts them is what they see yeah. and it, when they come to visit and meeting the friars and seeing that these are men who really love the Lord and want to make his, his gospel known. Yeah, and in fact, in that way, it's almost related. I mean, certainly vocations, wherever God calls you to priesthood, religious life, or marriage, there's a sense in which where there is love and, and sacrificial love, there's always going to be a fruit born. So if you have priest and religious living a sacrificial loving joyful life you know what the fruit of that is that's the more vocations right, right? And, and, right. and people that's attracting the same way like in, a, in a family where there's sacrificial love and intention you have children right there's there's a sense in which there's there's legacy that's involved in, the, in prodigy in the next generation um and maybe just to talk about maybe some uh basic tips if you will or suggestions for discernment I, let's say i'm a young man mm -hmm. or a young woman uh, who is considering maybe God's calling me to religious life. What sorts of things uh, do you think that would be part of their life or kind of spiritual routine that would be uh, pretty much essential, foundational for that? 
Right, I think the first thing is openness, openness to the spirit, openness to the possibility of a vocation. Uh, so if you're a young man or, or woman and you're not engaged and you're not married, then you should be open to the possibility of a religious or a priestly vocation. And yeah. so I think that's the first step is just the, that underlying attitude and openness in the, in the heart and saying, Lord, I'm... I'm willing to go wherever you're calling me. And, and you know, just to underscore that, I remember Father Bart de la Torre, who, who was the person that I had first met as a Dominican, when he put it that way, a little bit differently, but he basically says, if you're not seriously dating someone, this is in college, mm -hmm. you pretty much have a responsibility to at least consider it. And usually I think there might be a presumption, especially in our culture, even amongst those who are faithful, practicing Catholics, that in order to be a priest or religious, you need this kind of St. Paul epiphany moment where you get knocked off you know off the sa out of the saddle right. and god you know speaks to you and says you know father you know or joe you are meant to be a dominican right steve maria you are meant no it doesn't happen no that way. I, people expect this kind yeah. of earth-shattering conversion moment and i think for most people that's not really the case yeah um our lord i think most profoundly and most often speaks in, in the silence yeah and, and in fact I would say hearing every year as we're blessed to have our novitiate here and no, novices share their story. And they're always, it's wonderful to hear different people's paths. Very few, there are some, but very few have, as you say, that, that kind of spectacular moment. It's usually like the whisper. It's, it's, and looking back on it, they can reflect and say that was God. But even at the time, they weren't fully aware that the Lord was moving in their life. Almost like you said with your family, your family kind of knew even before you did mm -hmm. <laughs> that there's, and so the basic level of openness can't, I, I cannot be, I mean, one way it thinks, oh yeah, you got to be open to it, but really being open is, is to really take a kind of not only awareness, but steps to say, okay, what would it look like for the Lord to be calling me? What kind of person would I have to be? Who what kind of signal graces would have to be in, in my life for that right. to be a possibility. So that, that openness, I think, is, can't be uh, underscored at all in That's any right. way or, or undervalued. Yeah. And, and so often people think that if they're attracted to, um, to married and yes. family life that they don't have a vocation. Yes. And I, I think the opposite is actually true. Mm. I want to see that in, in a young mm. man or a woman, that they have that desire in their heart. It, it's normal. Our yes. Lord places that desire in our hearts. Yeah. And when you're called to religious or uh, priestly vocation, it's just living out that desire, but in a different way. So if a young man comes to you and says, you know, I have no desire to have a family or be married, therefore I must be wanting to be a priest... That's not, that's no. not necessarily, no, most it, people think, oh, that, that's a great sign, but you would say that's actually not, that's a little bit of a red flag, in fact. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the Lord places that, that desire in our hearts, and so um, it's just living it out in a different way. So if I see that in a young man or woman, yeah. I, I think that's healthy. That's yeah. good. Yeah, that, that, that yearn to be a, a father or a mother and care for, you know, children in that way right. is even in, I think, in most healthy priests, it's there, that sense of, I want to be a father. It's yeah, you're a, a different spiritual father. Spiritual father, yeah, no, exactly. No, that's good. So, so besides openness, are there other kinds of things that, that would be part of an essential program for discernment? So absolutely, yeah. I would say um, the sacraments. Mm. So getting to Mass not only on Sundays, but trying to make an effort to, to come during the week as well uh, insofar as your, your, your state of life permits. Um, Eucharistic adoration, yeah. I think, is huge. You see this in young men and women who answer the call to a religious life and priesthood, that uh, adoration, again, 
the Lord speaks in the most profoundly in the, in the silence. And so having that time before the Lord is really key to discern uh, his will in, in your life. Um, regular confession. Yeah. Um, and then, and this isn't just between you and the Lord. It has to be done in the context of community as well. Mm-hmm. So um, having a group of good Catholic friends uh, with whom uh, you're, you're helping each other grow in holiness and friendship with the Lord, I think is key as well. Being involved, trying to build up the kingdom of God in, in your own little corner of the world. So being involved with, with the church, being involved with your parish, I think is also key. Nice. So you've got yeah, a number of things there. I think in terms of what you mentioned about adoration and the sacraments, times for, for, for silence, huh? In a, in a busy, busy world, you know, we kind of want, here's a question I want an answer immediately kind of thing. And discernment takes being before the Lord and listening, right? <laughs> it Absolutely. goes back to that sense of openness. And then, as you say, we can, too, live in our heads a little bit. I know when, when someone comes to me and says, you know, Father, how do I know what to do? <laughs> I, I think, well, what have you done? <laughs> you know, in, in other words, you know, how kind of at some point can't just hypothesize about what religious life would be. You actually have to start living in terms of like, what would it be like? Well, I would be going to mass on a fairly regular basis. I would have a spiritual director or a confessor. Exactly. I'd be going to confession, right? I would be doing, if I have a heart to be, uh, in the Dominican sense, a, a preacher, someone who's living a life ordered for preaching for the salvation of souls, that should already be giving kind of signs. There should be ways in which I feel pulled and passionate about that. And if it's not, if it's just kind of theoretical, then you have to make, well, is it, how real is it, right, mm-hmm. in, in, that, in that sense? Yeah, it has to be a lived experience even before you you enter the order. And so uh, I definitely want to see that in a candidate before he comes to us. And then actually start doing your research mm-hmm. and saying, okay, what, uh, given my own desires, my own gifts, what communities or, or you know, what way of life w- would be a match, and then start to make some visits, actually go out there. And, and to remember that you're not making a commitment at this point. Mm-hmm. You're just gathering information so that you can make an informed decision. And in fact, uh, would you agree that someone who's actually researched and been involved in a kind of multiplicity of discernment, like investigating the diocese, perhaps looking at other religious orders, would be a healthy thing, even from the perspective of a Dominican vocation Absolutely. director. Absolutely. So a number of the men who have come to us have looked at their local diocese, mm-hmm. have looked at one or two other communities, and yeah. I think that's healthy. Yeah, for sure. What would you say is characteristic of a Dominican vocation. So there's just to set the stage, and for those who are perhaps not aware, Dominicans both have priests, but also for the friars, uh, brothers yes. as well. So being a Dominican doesn't necessarily mean you have a priestly vocation, but it means fundamentally you have a, a vocation to live in community, to pray together, to study, and to work whatever that ministry is for, uh, preach as the ministry is for the salvation of souls. So what do you think perhaps characteristics and not necessarily opposed to but maybe compared with let's say the benedictines or like the society of jesus the jesuits or the franciscans or even the diocesan life how would you characterize a dominican vocation well i would say that the dominican vocation centers on truth Mm. and truth is a person it's it's jesus Mm. christ and so um living a life that is committed to um, knowing to contemplating Jesus Christ through our prayer and study, living that out in, in our community life, and then having that zeal to share um, the truth, share Jesus Christ through through our preaching, um, is something that you need to have that desire that you have to be zealous for that in order to be called to the Dominican life. Nice. So, and then that idea too that we're not just 
um, discovering the truth for ourselves, but that we're we're eager to share that truth, as you say, right? That, exactly. that sense of of, of what would it be that that um, Dominican motto to contemplate, right? right? And then to hand over, <laughs> yeah, to, to share, to share that that contemplation, the fruits of, the, of our contemplation. Yeah, no, and it's been wonderful to uh, to see the young men that have been coming because these last few years. We've been getting a good group of, 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 of guys coming, five and six guys per year, which is um, comparatively, and that comparison is always not always the best indicator of health, but for our province and the number of men, the uh, Lord's been blessing us in that way. Yes, very much so. Um, at our last come and see, we had 21 men, and, and, and the quality of the men that yeah. are coming to us is really um, a blessing and, and really impressive. Yeah, no, and I, and I think it's a good for, for those of us who have been Dominicans now for for many years to be able to see it's encouraging when the, the novices come or I interview candidates they awaken in me oh yeah this life is where you know if I ever lose touch with the day-to-day you know actually living it's like someone is so eager to do and I'm doing I'm like oh yeah I'm I'm living this wonderfully uh, uh, ordered in a sense of uh, been handed down to me this gift of vocation that's been going on for 800 years and it's a life worth living. <laughs> right. It's worth, it's, worth, it's worth living for. It's worth dying for. It's worth spending your life in. And to see the excitement of other uh, young men for that reminds me of those not only first enthusiasm, but why it's worth, you know, giving my whole self for it. It's, 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 so you must see a lot of that as an encouragement to just oh, have this position. No, I, I feel tremendously blessed to be um, in, in this ministry. And, you know, people often say, gosh, you know, they hear about the so-called vocations crisis. But, I mean, I can tell you, um, being um, in, in this ministry, there's no shortage of, of vocations. There's no shortage of men who um, are contacting me and expressing interest in, in, in our life. And so, and then the men who are coming to visit us and then the men who are actually entering and, and who are in formation with us now, um, yeah, th- they're wonderful men who really want to give themselves to the Lord mm-hmm. and, and to the church. Nice. And in terms of just every generation's a little different. So we have the millennials. And, and right. what are some characteristics that we can be excited for? Well, we'll do excitement, maybe challenges and excitements, right? So there's, there's certainly, I think, the, uh, a lot of, number of people find us through, certainly through our communities, but also through the internet, right? Through mm-hmm. websites and social media so. and, and, and that kind of thing. Is there a different, um, well, how would you characterize this current generation? of? Are they older? Are they younger? Are they a devotions that seem particular to this generation it's it's always interesting because generations different have if you will uh, different characteristics in and of themselves and sure i can certainly see a shift since i mean it was just a few years ago when we uh, we ourselves were in uh, i know i feel like the only like back of my day <laughs> <laughs> like no but seriously it's true i'm just like i i find myself i remember as a student thinking gosh i'll never i hope i never feel like oh you know the the students are you know a little rambunctious around the scene but i find myself do the same that oh, like it's a different no you can see a marked difference yeah, yeah. um for, within just a few years yeah and um you know the men who are coming to us um you know, I'm I'm really excited about mm-hmm. you know them because they come with a real zeal. Yeah, um, they really want to give themselves to the Lord and to embrace our mission of, of preaching. And so um, there's a lot of enthusiasm and, and a lot of energy. They also tend to be younger. Mm. So I can see since the time when we were in formation, yeah. the men who are coming to us and that are entering um, tend to be in their twenties, and mm-hmm. so some even entering right out of. Um, out of college. Right out of college, okay, yeah. Yeah, and is that just because they, they find us a little bit earlier in life or they're, they're more intentional or maybe, 
Yeah, I don't know. I think that's a trend. I mean, yeah. it's a trend that we see among dioceses. Oh, even across religious life, just across in general. religious life. Um, so the men tend tend to be younger. Um, some of the challenges I, I would say is, um, you know, this is a generation who was who's been plugged in mm. since a very young age. Yeah, and so. Um, there are some challenges that that come with that, and so sure. while the the internet and technology is a great gift, and even yeah. a great gift for us to use for our mission of preaching, sure. um, it, it it can isolate people as well, and we we see that in, in this generation, and also uh, um, hesitancy to commit, mm. and so uh, when they do to commit, I mean the, they're excellent, they're all in, they're yeah. all in, but um, just even. To come to a come and see weekend, you can see a real um, hesitation there sometimes. Yeah, no, and I, I I feel the same when I went back to my alma mater not too uh, recently. Um, what shot what surprised me is my experience. It's kind of a, almost a cloister campus because it's in Thomas Aquinas College in Southern sure. California. When I entered, the internet was just starting. I mean, there's one computer on campus that had like dial up. Mm. Right. So, right. <laughs> and then I entered. Right. And so I, I, you know, it wasn't until I was two years, it was, I was always ordained a priest for three years before I got a, a, a phone, a smartphone. Right. right. And so I, all my formation, I think it wasn't, you know, I didn't have that technology, both the benefit, but also kind of the downside of always being kind of pulled by it. And I have to say, wandering around campus, seeing half the student body on their phones, I think, gosh, my college experience, my formation experience, those, those formative years, would have been so much different if I would have this little mini computer in my pocket that I that that I have now, and I think there once again goodness, but but challenges there in terms of even interpersonal relationship, in terms of absolutely friendships, uh, in terms of building social skills. Once again, you can do. There's it's, it's not as if these technologies necessarily mean we can't do that, but we have to be more intentional about that. And so, so sure, even even the dark side of it, right? I mean, the over-sexualization of that and pornography and things Absolutely. like that. I mean, I'm sure you see a lot of good men that struggle with that and it becomes a real barrier to them really being able to, to be able to, to answer the call. Absolutely. Yeah. And pornography now, because it's so readily available, mm-hmm. um, it's become an issue for, for a lot of the men who are coming who are discerning um, and, and these are good Catholic faithful men you know that really want to follow the Lord but um, because it's so readily available it, it becomes an issue yeah and I know here even at, at St. Dominic's uh, I try to promote when I can the uh, little Dominican shout out the angelic warfare absolutely confraternity and what this is is uh, comes from a story of St. Thomas Aquinas uh, where he was tempted by his brothers before he could become a Dominican. It's his family kind of sequesters him. He's in a tower and they last ditch effort to try to keep him from being a Dominican is to ascend this temptation, this, this woman to kind of seduce him and he drives her away. And, and by tradition, the angels uh, give him this uh, kind of uh, cincture or cord, which uh, spiritually keeps him from ever being tempted in that way again. And so for young men who perhaps have this temptation, you can be part of this confraternity. The Dominicans have a special devotion through St. Thomas Aquinas, to the virtues of purity and chastity of heart that I think many, many uh, young women, but also women, uh, can avail mm-hmm. themselves up. So if you are interested, if you know someone, or you yourself, if you're listening to this podcast, or needs kind of help or direction or guidance in this area, certainly myself or any of the, any of the Dominicans here at the parish would love to 
uh, make you familiar with the Angelic Warfare Confraternity and be able to enroll you in that. It's kind of like being enrolled in the scapular a little bit. Um, so like there's a, especially Franciscans and Carmelites have a devotion to the, the brown scapular. But for Dominicans, we have this devotion to the angelic warfare and the, um, the idea of St. Thomas through his intercession and that, that uh, story of his own battle with, uh, with lust and temptation, being able to help us navigate, not just so we don't fall into to lust and pornography and things like that, but that so we can have what what was the what is the um, uh, the beatitudes say blessed are the pure in heart they will see God so to be able to see God moving in our lives in order to have wisdom to know what God calls us to whether it's religious life priesthood or, or the married life we got to be able to see right and uh, pornography and these these sins blind us to God's reality and so if you're struggling with that certainly to give you every encouragement. Uh, and to know that there are spiritual helps all along with lots of practical helps, but uh, but for vocations to be able to to, to open that that awareness. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, check you can check it out on our website. It's opwest.org backslash awc for angelic warfare confraternity, and you can learn more about uh, this spiritual help. You know, that's, nice. that's available so that uh, men and women can grow in the virtue of chastity. Nice. And just give that 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 uh, that website again. Uh, that's opwest.org okay. backslash awc. AWC, very, because I know uh, opwest.org is our kind of main website. And there's even vocational kinds of things on there as well, right? If you go to the vocation section there. That's right. There's a lot of resources there. Again, it's at opwest.org and then backslash vocations. Um, there's a lot of resources available for someone who's considering a possible vocation to, to our order. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for, for your time, uh, Father Stephen. And uh, hopefully maybe we'll, we'll, we'll have you on again if we can to maybe talk about uh, vocations in general. And uh, I know we just uh, did a, a pilgrimage uh, together. Um, so we're talking about that. So uh, so glad to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, Father. And indeed, for all of you listening, I hope that this has been a blessed week. And may all that we do truly radiate the joy of the gospel here in the heart of the city. Amen. Amen. <laughs>